out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Well, if you're not now, you will be very soon. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show, bringing you the finest in indie pop. That's a bit of a lie, because this week, well... To tell you the truth, I'm going through archives at the moment and um, finding some old interviews, and this is one that I did with Paul James. Yes, Paul James from the folk band Blowzabella, who, I'll confess, this isn't the most exciting confession, I love. And I once put on at I Town Hall in 1990, I do believe. It was a sellout. They were fantastic. And they were about to split up, so um, it made it even more exciting. But they didn't. Um, Anyway, I'm now slightly babbling, but uh, this is an interview I did about three or four years ago with Paul to find out more about life, love, poetry and all the other groovy stuff. But before the interview, I'm going to play a track. This is from their latest album, brought out 2018, titled Two Score. This is the ending track. This is titled, I think it's just C or K, one of those. Anyway, it will blow your mind. It's got a driving rhythm.
Indeed. I love Blowsabella. There you go. I've said it. It's on air. This is David Esau. This is the C86 show. A bit of a special. I'm diving into those archives to find out other interviews that I've done outside the world of indie pop. This is from the world of folk. Folk with an F. Um, this is the interview I did with Paul James. The Mr. I was going to say um, Hurdy Gurdy. But he's not. That's a lie. Bagpipes and saxophones and all the other sort of stuff that he has on stage. Looking debonair and striking with that muscular jawline. Anyway, this is the interview. This is probably a gig that was coming up in Norwich. That's been and gone. Let it go. But this is a chat. This is Paul. This is me. Take it away, Paul. Bella before. Do you want to give us a sort of a general overview of who you are and um, sort of what, what the sound is that you create? Yeah, Blosabella. Well, Blosabella is basically a folk dance band um, that was started in 1978. But we're a bit unusual because we have um, bagpipes and hurdy-gurdy sort of drone instruments, but also more familiar things like fiddles and accordions and even more familiar things like saxophones and uh, bass guitars. And, and our motto for the last 35 years has been to, is Blosabella goes to, we try and go to interesting places meet interesting people and get them to dance. Yes, absolutely. Because because the first time the first time I came across you was is eighty six, just after you'd released the album The Wall of Sand. And this is the yeah. first cause coming from a sort of more of an indie pop background and stuff, I'd never come across a band with so many unusual instruments. And that was the first time I'd heard bagpipes plus the hurdy gurdy. Yeah. So this was and, and the sound that you created was absolutely mesmerizing. It was incredibly dense. So how did this all sort of develop? Because obviously, did you have a background in sort of pipes and... Well, it, it, we are, yeah, we are a very unusual band and it's a bit dis- difficult to describe why we're... I think we're always a bit cussied and just didn't want to be like everybody else, you know. But the band itself actually started... The main reason why the band plays so many unusual instruments is the band started... Uh, what was then called the London College of Furniture, it's now part of the University of London, I think, where yeah. there was a really good musical instrument making course, and most of the original members were on that course, either on the early woodwind course or making harpsichords or guitars and everything. So the band really started as a group of instrument makers, yeah. and, instrument, and, and they were always sort of trying to find unusual, and they got interested in bagpipes and hurdy-gurdies and went to France and Belgium a lot and saw there's a very big tradition of that over there. And, and saw what a thriving tradition it was and brought some of those ideas back, yeah. and which is one of the reasons why Blosabella is always sort of, in this country, we tend to be sort of thought of as being quite European-sounding yes. or influenced, you know. Whereas in Europe, of course, they think we just sound English, but yeah, there absolutely, we are. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Because obviously the band goes right back to the late 70s. And, late, and yeah, 78. 78 was when it all started. Yeah. And I guess... The, there's been a huge amount of lineup changes. But were you part of that original lineup? Well, no, well me, yeah, me, nearly. No, I, I knew them all before the band even started because I, I was at art school and my best mate was uh, on the same course as the original members of Blazebella. Right. So we all knew each other. But I didn't actually join. I was playing another band. Um, I didn't join for about until about eighteen months after it started. When when one of the founders, Bill Tall, who's Australian, yeah. his visa ran out, <laughs> so he went back to Australia. Oh, okay. And then they asked then. me to join. So I, yeah, I mean, I've you know pretty much been in it been... from the beginning. And um... because it, because in this area, the blows, you know, your original Blowsabella um, lineup, and yeah. band, they were sort of very part of the East Anglian fairs, the Albion fairs, the Barton right. fairs, and that's it's... that's where a lot of people first came across you, wasn't there? It, it, well, yeah, indeed. I mean, we're, we're none of us are from East Anglia, 
but we had quite a, we built up a big following there. Largely, I have to say, thanks to a promoter called Tarby Davenport, right? Who was very famous, you know, very um, one of the people responsible for that, that whole kind of free festival yeah. movement and lots of alternative kind of arts gigs all over East Anglia. And as a result of just being invited a lot, yes. we built up a very big following. We've always had a really strong affection for playing in East Anglia. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why, we just always got on well with the East Anglian audience. Yeah, because obviously over the years, you know, there's like a lot of people are into Cayleys and, and also, and I've sort of done a bit of research on this because recently I've been quite interested in the Playford Ball and yep. there are sort of tunes that you play which are part of that tradition as well, isn't it? Well, that, that's right. I mean, I think, I mean, it's, you know, it's a big subject, folk music, but I think a lot of what people call traditional folk nowadays yes. is what was kind of collected around the turn of the, you know, around the 1890s, 1900s right. by people like Ralph Vaughan Williams and Cecil Sharp. And they were really collecting a lot of music, which is essentially kind of probably late 18th and 19th century music. But if you go back into the 17th century and before, yes. John Playford is a good example. Yes. There are massive collections of tunes, which were just, of course, it wasn't called folk music then. It was just popular dance yes. music, you know. It was the, it um, was the chart. It was uh, the yeah, it was a chart. It was the, it was the sort of techno of its time. And actually, when I first, when I was about 11 and I got a tin whistle and I first started playing folk music, the first three tunes I ever learned were Playford tunes because they're right. really, really good tunes. You know? Absolutely. And actually, and we've always been a bit influenced by, by that kind of early music scene and, you know, a, a wide range of influences on Blozabella for bits of jazz and rock, but a lot of traditional music, a lot of early music influences. So when you were getting, you know, when you put your songs tracks together do you say look we're going to play there's a sort of particular famous song called um jenny plucks plucks hey. doesn't she yeah. um i know bizarre titles these these playford balls yeah. do you do you sort of say look can we have a bit of that and then we're going to put some other bit from this yeah particular... i mean to an extent i mean i have to say that we got bored playing folk dance tunes fairly early on right because because you know you've you know once we play play jenny pluck pairs that 200 gigs you know, <laughs> Another tune out there. And we started composing tunes. And right. actually, on our new album, there is a bit of traditional music, but most of it, and actually, I'd say 90% of our current repertoire, is all composed by the band, okay. but in the style of traditional dance music. So we'll write a jig or a hornpipe or a waltz or a mazurka. And, and that's just, and everybody in the band writes tunes, and that's possible yes. because we, you know, we, we've been involved with it for decades, and so we're very familiar with that kind of genre. So, you know, as a band that likes to get people dancing, yes. we're, we're, we're just always looking for sort of, you know, things to keep us entertained. And if, I think if we're, ent if we're entertained, then the audience yes, are. Yes, absolutely. I mean? But yes, we will sometimes get an old tune and kind of go, what, what can we do with this? What? We like this tune. Yeah. How can we, you know, I know, put a sax section to it or, play it in a, you know, play it in a minor key instead of a major key. You know, we'll mess around with it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not, we're not out to try and recreate folk music. I've no idea what that is. No, absolutely. But then, do you when once you've got the tune, do you then have to sort of put the dance with it? Because obviously you're a you're not just a jiggy band like the Levelers, where people just jump up no, and down. No, we know we do a wide range of dances. You, well, yeah, I mean, you do Kayleys, don't yeah, you? We do and there'll be set dances. And yes. Dances so and how do you put the dance into the, the music then? Do, does somebody well, say... Yeah, well, very often we're kind of going... Um, we're really bored with playing those jigs and we do jigs... We'll do jigs... We'll do a couple of sets of jigs in, in an evening because we'll do some kind of country dance that goes to a 6-8 jig rhythm, you know. So we'll kind of go, ah, we really need another set of jigs. And then the challenge to the band is, well, 
and it's a bit of a competition. Right. <laughs> right, okay, I'm going to try and write like the best jig ever. Yes, know? absolutely. <laughs> and give it to the band, and that's how we sort of operate, really. So it's quite competitive. Yes, because I've, I've realised with the play football, the, the, the music is exactly for the dance. You can't yeah. be quite sloppy, whereas with a Kaylee, it really is. Well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I think that that's another big subject but at the end of the day a jig is in six eight time and some of it's got the right number of bars and you play at the right tempo and there are a very wide range of folk dances that go to that yes absolutely. Know? and so and so partly it's about well what interesting dances can we do that the audience will like yeah and then how do we match up our music to that yeah and that's what the band's yes. all about but i'd say and this is a big but that doesn't mean you know we're really trying we've always uh included everybody yeah. we're not about expert so-called expert people with this sort of dance love blows better and turn up and dance yeah absolutely but, but but we've always been incredibly inclusive and actually we structure the evening it's not like a code in the sense there isn't a call of bossing you around all evening it's very loose <laughs> and quite a lot of what we do is very very simple dances that you can pick up in five minutes just by watching other people doing it right and, so. and that's what we do because we want to be a band that people like yeah we don't we've never wanted to exist in a kind of folk dance ghetto because it's incredibly narrow and limiting yeah you know? absolutely and we've always had a wider audience like you said you were sort of indie kid well that's kind of pretty typical of blows about you know the blows about audience is very wide it's a very wide range of age ranges and interests of people that like blows and we're very proud of that you know? yeah well i think in a way because you use a lot of those instruments like your bagpipes or the hurdy-gurdy yeah in a context which isn't sort of pure almost like a purist which is a bit precious it's it's quite it's used in a way that makes it quite accessible which i think is what makes it so appealing really yeah so which is quite interesting and also because i the other time i came across you was when you'd had a sort of another collaboration with that was nigel eaton when you did ancient beat yeah, yeah. didn't you so how did that develop because obviously this must have been a bit of a a side project with you. And it I. was a side project, yeah. Well, I mean, what can I say? We're, um, as professional musicians, you know, uh, Blozabella didn't, never did, never does use up 365 days in a year. You know, we all do other things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and uh, you know, so we we would often play as a duo and that develops into a thing called Ancient Beatbox. I, I knew the... Um, British Asian singer Sheila Chandra, yeah, and who I just met when I was busking one day. She just came up and started talking to me, and actually, as a result of that, I've, I think I've played on most of her albums over the last kind of twenty years, you know, twenty-five years. But um, it was, um, and we got Sheila to sing on the album and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was it was a, a kind of electronic, more electronic side project. Yes, and how did, you know because obviously sort of lasting for such a long period of time, like seventy eight, yeah. and when you sort of see these rock documentaries on yeah. often BBC Four, and you think, you know, they go through an awful lot of changes and problems. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage to sort of keep it going <laughs> and keep the dynamic? Yeah, well. That's a very good question, to which there is no simple answer, except I'll say that one of the rules in Blosabella is is there's no room for complacency. You know, we've we always said, you know, when we start looking backwards, not forwards, we'll just pack it in. Right. So so rule one is everybody in Blosabella has to be actively engaged with pursuing new material. That's really what the band's about, you know, new ideas, new energy. And actually, although we have had a lot of lunch, it's not it's been fairly gradual you yeah. know so so you know there's a big chunk of the of very old lineup in blazabella now and actually the two 
so-called new boys, the young ones, they've been in it for nearly 10 years. You know, right. There's an enormous amount of continuity, actually, yes. in Blows Butter. How you join Blows Butter is a bit of a sort of um, black art. It's, um, <laughs> we, we, we did it once, only once have we ever auditioned people, and it was so awful, such a horrible experience. Not because they were awful, they were all wonderful. Yes. Because, you know, you're just having to get these really good people that you know who play really well and go... Sorry, no, you know. Oh, yes. So we never auditioned. You, 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 you join Blazabella by a sort of mysterious process by which probably you know us and probably you grew up with the music mm-hmm. and probably you have a sort of natural empathy with it. Yes. And also, you know, you have to be really good <laughs> at it. And then, you know, and when, when for instance, when Gregory Jolivet, the hurdy-gurdy player, joined and Nigel Eaton decided to, to leave it, it was actually pretty obvious that we were going to ask Greg because he had, you know, he'd grown up with the music, we knew him, yeah. you know, he, he was his own man, but he sort of understood what we were about. So in a way, it all happened quite kind of organically, which is, I think, how we sort of... Pro- I think, you know, I think people end up in... Blo- they just wake up one day and they're sort of in Blozavella. Right, yeah. And so that, it happens. And, I think that, 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 <laughs> and also, it's not just their skills, it's also with, you know, are you able to sort of um, basically be with that person 24-7 when you... Well, that's yeah, and that, that, that's, that, that's a big issue for all bands. When you're young, when you're young, you um, <laughs> go, oh, great, it's a really great bass player, let's play with that bass player. And then kind of afterwards you sort of maybe realise you don't get on. <laughs> As you get older, yes, yes. it gets very uh, important um, that, that there's a kind of chemistry, you know, a sort of, and we are, we're pretty tight as a group. We don't spend a lot of time with each other outside of Lozabella, but I wouldn't like, you know, I wouldn't recommend anybody to try and get in between any of us. Yes. <laughs> we, sort of, we are a bit like a gang. Well, absolutely, yes. You have to be. I you know. kind of have to be. I think we're a... pretty tight as a group of people. And we all, and I'm very happy to say that it's, the band's very, you know, we all get on really, really well. Yeah. It, we argue like hell. We've just uh, literally this morning just been having a email argument about one of the mixes on the band. <laughs> <laughs> on the album, new album, which got really heated. But it's because people feel very passionate about it. Well, that's and good. you have to be like that to be in Blows Valley. You know what I mean? We don't want blandness. You know? No, no. It doesn't work. Well, Paul, thank you ever so much for this interview. And um, I'll definitely come down to this to see you because, um, yes, yeah. it's been a while now, but it'll be good. And I still play that, uh, you know, especially the Wall of Sound album, which I still think is kind of genius, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've guess... got a lot of affection for that, right? Yes, I know. But do anyway. you please do come on. Yeah, Disc Cornhall, it's on the... Um... The first Friday, the first of November. Yeah, and this is the first time we play back in East Anglia for a while, so we're really looking forward to seeing people. You know, people new to Blazabella, and um, you know, and and sort of old old faces that we haven't seen for a while. You know, it's going to be be a bit of a party night because it's it's the 35th anniversary celebration for us. Got a new album out, and and as I say, you know, um, if you're older and you've got kids, bring them because they always uh, we're, we're massive with the under fives. Yes, as well because all the music kind of goes tum ti tum ti tum ti tum. You know, I know. And there's a drone, and um, so if you've got any young children and you want them to go to sleep, bring them along. Bring them along. Brilliant. Well, Paul, thanks ever so much. Yeah. All right. Take care. Cheers. And that was me in in conversation with Paul James from Blowsabella many years ago. But there you go. I thought I should archive it just for the hell of it. Anyway, this has been David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do AMC86 Show. I will be there. Keep it positive. Otherwise, don't bother. Just see a therapist. (laughs) 
And all these shows have been archived, so you can find them on um, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and also Mixcloud. Anyway, I'll leave you with another track by Blows Bella, because they still blow my socks off. I have to say, the best album they did. My personal opinion, this is, by the way, is um, the Wall of Sound one. Yes, Blows Bella, Wall of Sound, came out in 1986. Why don't they reissue it? That's all I'm having to say. Anyway, this is another one of those droney songs which we used to love and still do. (laughs) 